One of the concepts I've been most obsessed with lately is speed to value. We heard it last week in Judd's podcast of focusing on speed to value when it comes to go to market. But what about when it comes to your community? That's why I wanted to bring up this innovative way to launch a community with Chris Colt, who's an expert in this, launching challenges and why it is such an attractive way to launch a community because of just that, the speed to value piece, right? And we talk about this thing and how to how it becomes kind of this like five-day sampler platter that you uh, get to taste the community, how it is a uh, unification methodology that gets people on the same page and getting to know each other, how it creates this way to sell without being salesy, another ongoing theme that's been uh, working for me a lot lately, and the difference between this, the challenge, and the cohort class, right? The way that I normally launch my community. So I think you're really going to enjoy this with Chris Colt, who's done this a bunch of times. You're going to really see his expertise, and you're also going to notice that this is a internet talk show, right? This is the thing that we most believe in, the ability to host your podcast as a content stream that also serves as a webinar, that also serves as a way to build community, and it provides value for everybody by allowing you to come and be a part of it. And then right after the fact, we host our relationship-driven growth strategy sessions, which is our AMA, where people stick around, they get a ton of um, useful advice from me, from the guests often, from each other. And uh, I want you to be a part of the next one. If you'd like to, go to tinyurl.com slash B2BCB season five. We're only going to do a couple, a handful more of these before we shut it down in December. So hope to see you at the next one. But for now, enjoy how to launch communities via challenges with Chris Colt. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We're officially live for season five of the B2B Community Builder Show, episode 198. 
I'm your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. And we got a guy that was uh, introduced to me by a mutual friend, uh, very, very much in line with things that I believe. I, you know, as, as we have evolved this whole concept of community and how to engage a community, what's very clear to me is this idea that the quicker you get them to a win, the quicker that you get them to opt in and engage, the sooner that you create your Avengers instead of trying to be Superman for yourself, the better that that community is going to do. And we thought that a cohort-based online course was the best method to do that. But my man, Chris Colt here today, he's got another, he's got another plan that I think just might be better in using online challenges. So Chris, welcome to the show, my friend. Honored to be here. Shout out. I see a bunch of those names I know out there that are on live with us here on Zoom. So it's great to see you all. And I'm looking forward to this. We're going to have some fun. Between you yeah. and I, there might be a lot of energy in this room. So this this could get interesting. I, I believe it. I know that you're like a like an ultra marathon Ironman kind of guy. So you're you're an energy guy, right? Uh yeah. I got a tiny bit of energy, just a little bit. <laughs> In, in. I want to welcome the community. Those of you checking into the chat, I want to say hi to Rowan has welcomed everybody. Ryan's our community manager. If you need anything, Ryan can get it for you. Lee Bishop is in the house. He's the troublemaker of the community. Don Bates is in the house. She's the MVP of the community and our resident Oxford PhD candidate, if you don't mind me saying. We got Chella Diaz in the house. Chella, I think that you're a, you're a friend of Chris's, right? Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Chella. Happy to have you. We got Zam Zelich who is out there. He's the community manager for Squarespace. Man, do you use Squarespace? No, no. I heard it. I've heard it before. Yeah, it's a great no-code tool for web development. Sam is a community strategist, a member of the boot camp, super smart New Yorker also. We got Denise Heyman Loa saying hi. I know nice Denise. Hello, Denise. Denise is your friend. Good to have good to have you in the house, Denise. And we got a couple other folks. Oh, we got Lori, the super connector of my community. She's saying hi, Don, Lee, Sam, and Pablo, of course, and Roanne. Lori, good to have you. She's out of Colorado. Also a skilled community manager as well. So let's kick this off, Chris. Chris, I like to kick it off just going straight for the meat, man. What is what is a challenge and why do you think it's such a good way to launch a community, man? I, you know, look at it this way. And I should have, I, I meant to grab this, but I'm not going to, ah, too late. The easiest way for a challenge, this is the easiest way I describe it. And there's multiple ways, but it's a taste and see process. So for me, there's things that I do, right? I guide people on how to build challenges, how to build community to a certain extent. And you take it to the next level. But for somebody to get to know me, I can invite them into a five-day environment where I teach them something that could be very complex to them, and I dummy it down. I don't take that in a wrong way, right? You know, you what people learn in a very simplistic way. So over those days, each and every day, I can give them a taste of how I can deliver to them. And ultimately, hey, is A, what I'm learning from Chris of interest to me, and B, is Chris the person I want to work with? So that's why I call it taste and see. If you walk through a grocery store on a Saturday, they got all these, oh, this is not good. This is not, oh, I'm taking that home with me. You know, ultimately, if you do this correctly, you hope the clients say, I want to work with you. That's really what it comes down to. And you give them the, the best part that I see, you know, mini breakthroughs every day. You know, when you can give somebody that little bit of, oh, I got something new that I learned today. I want to come back tomorrow and learn a little more. Oh my gosh, I'm at the next level. When you get them to that certain point after a few days, they realize that they've moved forward to a certain realm and they want more. And they're like, I'm ready for more. Let's do this. So that's why I love them. Man, the way that you describe it, I love it, right? Because I am I am 
notorious for being the free samples guy and the food court, right? Like I used to, <laughs> my first job out of college when I was running Orange County for, for this Fortune 500 company, there was a Costco that was like five minutes down the road from me. And I knew, like I had times, the yeah. the moments where they put out the free samples and I'd literally just go to Costco to, 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 to do my rounds, right? So I, I love a free sample, man. What I, what I love about that idea, right? The free sample to me is a, is a great client acquisition tool what I what rings very, very true to me in my work in community that started with the the not young young professional nonprofit groups is that it it's very clear to me that going through an experience with a group of people bonds you in a way that a sales process just doesn't, right? Like it's it's the perfect kind of like creator of community. It's the reason why. People that went to the same boot camp are friends for a lot, you know, a military boot camp. Obviously, my boot camp is a yeah. different thing. Yeah. I'm not gonna put myself, but or like pledge classes in a fraternity bond, right? Like people that go through something together when we were pulling off these events in the young professional groups and and putting together these happy hours or putting together fundraising events, that experience of just like going through it together is something that really, really bonds you and then makes you stay for whatever the thing you're doing, right? That's why I love the challenge thing. How did you realize that the challenge was such a powerful client acquisition tool? Well, it, actually for me, I've always, I, I built community a lot in my career. I've And I saw what happens in a community environment. And then I was always helping people. And I was known as the LinkedIn guy, right? When I jumped out into my world of entrepreneurship back in 2017, I literally was the LinkedIn guy and I love LinkedIn, but here's the deal. I was on the roller coaster ride of revenue. Who's been there, right? Woo, this is great this month. Oh my gosh, what am I doing for next year? I need a job, right? Been there, done that. And what happened right when the virus hit is I was introduced to a five-day challenge. Friend said, hey, you should go check this thing out. It was called, I forget what it was called. And I was like, what the heck? like, I'm an athlete. So I saw the world challenge. I'm like, all right, I'm down. Stuck in my house all day anyway right now. So who cares? I got on this thing, Pablo, and I watched everything I ever dreamed of from a sales environment. I never felt sold to. I felt part of a community. There was about 500 of us on this challenge, and I felt part of it. Like we were communicating, talking, people were moving forward, and I was just watching everybody start to engage. I was taking a lot of action in the process, so this is where it all clicked to me because I noticed every time the person presented gave us something to do in the evening that action gave me more progress forward, right? That's the key thing. So then I started getting bought into that and that progress started to give me more clarity on what Chris really wanted to be when he grew up. I didn't want to be the LinkedIn guy anymore, right? I wanted to do something. I started seeing this all play out. And then that clarity gave me confidence actually as I got in there knowing, hey, I can start to do this stuff. And then I trusted the person that guided me there. So long story short, became his client. I went out, learned how to really build challenges with actually all my LinkedIn framework, all the things I learned from community over the year. And I sat here, I was like, holy cow, communities built micro, right? Let's be real. Communities all start micro. And those are the most powerful ones. I watch that play out all the time. Then I bring this challenge model into it. And at the end of this, I got people at the end who are like, hey, I, I want to continue on for exactly what you said. They felt part of something. So when I saw this click really in my head three years ago, you know, between myself and clients, we're closing in on over 90, almost 100 challenges that have been completed. And it's always this, there's always still the core fundamentals in all these, all those things I mentioned. But everything I saw initially where when the person presented the offer to us in the challenge, 
I never, ever, ever had that. Oh, I'm being slammed. Like you go to a webinar and it's just a nonstop, nonstop sales push. Blah, 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 blah. Every second, it's like, I'm not even listening. The challenge was all about now. Let me help you. Let me serve you first. Let me show you what you're capable of, Chris. And that's when it started clicking so much. And then yeah, when the person made the offer, I actually listened to the entire offer. I was like, wait a minute, I want this, right? And yeah. that's where it all clicked. I was like, I never felt sold. I felt part of this. I didn't want to lose the community I was part of. I'm all in. So for me, that's where it all clicked, where I almost had this, let's say, selling without feeling salesy process, which is freaking awesome. It was all about relational and trust. It was so, it was built so fast in those five days. I love that, man. I love that. And that's that, that language really echoes with me. This whole selling without being salesy, I think, is something that all of us in the, community enthusiasts as as you were. I, I feel like that's really what we're seeking, right? Is this idea of like, how do we create a like-minded group of individuals where it just makes sense yeah. that you're going to help each other out. So exchanging dollars in between us is, is a no-brainer or whatnot. Like I know Suzanne Taylor King has a, she's got like an awesome group of, of coaches that she's working real hard to form into a community. And I feel like when when you talked about it, it sounds from the outside in, that a successful challenge has two pieces. It has the, how do you take people on a journey that they enjoy, that they get quick wins and that they see value of? And then how do you insert an offer that makes sense, that's congruent with all of it, that allows you to sell without being salesy? And I want to shed some light on that so it, so it, it clicks for people. But before that, I want to clarify a couple of things. One, you mentioned this, and I know we talked about this before the before the call that we want to go into this. Micro communities are super, super valuable. What do you say to someone that's like, how am I going to launch a challenge if I can't get, you said you had like a hundred people, 500 people in. What do you, what do you tell people that's like, why would I even bother with a challenge if I can only get like 10 people in? Is it even worth doing a community thing? I want to hug them because they're in the best position ever. You know, that is something I get all the time. You get all these LinkedIn gurus who are like, I'll blow you up with a bajillion followers. Okay, I made that number up, but we all know these people do this out there. And like, I get those people that have those big followings. And I'm just like, hey, before you decide to work with me, let's just understand we're about to find out how real those followers are. And for often, most of them, most of them, it's a very humbling moment when they try to do something like a challenge or like, I got 30 people. I know you have 200,000 followers. Check that out. Now we know where we're starting. Versus the person who, let's just say, has nothing today. I work with a lot of those people who are like, I just figured out this LinkedIn thing. How can I get this organic? I don't want thousands. I don't want millions. I want the right people. They start building challenges. They might have five, the first one. They might have 10. They might have 12. We do it right. They're engaged. That small community. And I've seen enough communities built that start with that 12 to 14. And from what I see on most of them, they get the 30 people. People are like, I'm pretty good right here. Like, this is working really well for me. Everybody's doing well. We're making impact. I'm going to sit around this number for a while. Then it's that the, the few that start to go up to 100 and a lot. So to me, those that are really just like, I got nothing sitting in front of me. I'm like, let me show you how to build a foundation that is everlasting, that's experience-based, that is duplicatable, duplicatable, and you can always put this in. Like, I was doing challenges every month. That's like, it broke the revenue cycle for me from this. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Like all of a sudden I was like this. And then every quarter I'd push a big, big challenge. It would spike. But then I would only dip down to the level again because I was doing them every month. So for somebody who's like saying, I don't have enough followers, you're in such a great position because you're going to build authentic people who are not followers. They're engaged in what you're doing. Much bigger difference. Much. 
Love that. Love that. And you know, that's, that's very similar. We, we reverse engineered those learnings. Now I now realize that at the foundation of everything that we do is based on the stuff that I was doing with young professionals. And, and, and I didn't start talking about this again until very recently. I started sharing it with my team, but it was really a, we would get a group of 10 young professionals that wanted to, you know, that we recruited into volunteer for this charity. And then with those 10 young professionals, I would reach out to business leaders in the community and say, hey, we've got this young professionals group that we are volunteering for Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, Habitat for Humanity or whatever. But just can we meet in your conference room and you tell us about your career? And then we're going to plan our happy hour, right? And that was the way that I kind of started getting connected. And it really only took 10 people to open some really, really big doors. And now as we have evolved the business, right? Like our big learnings from our biggest case study, which is JWB, is that, you know, we generated 40 million bucks from this community for them. And when we reverse engineered where those $40 million came from, it came from a group of about 25 to 30 people, right? So the, the small numbers of, yeah. of fervently engaged people like a Lee Bishop that'll go to town, you know, like, and, and take calls from random people just to help them understand how it fits for you, you know, you don't need a lot of super consumers to drive high, high value for yourself. Oh man, I'm looking, I'm just, I pulled up the comments so I can see something like Suzanne's talking about exactly what I said, right? The 10 to 30 to the 80 to now 112. See, that's real. I see people who share that. I'm like, you did it the right way. You're doing it the real way versus the mumbo jumbo. We hear people at 300 right away. It's a hundred. And you know, it's so true. When I look back, like we analyze, I mean, let's be real. When somebody does a challenge, we all look at the conversions, right? Did I do this right? And it's not, Oh, it's not about the money. It's about, are we doing this right? Are we giving enough value? Where do we need to tweak? But when we look at that, the conversion is so high. And when people are like, wow, I went from having nobody in my community, nobody in some of my programs to 12, 20 people immediately. And then they keep that core a year later, two years, three years later. It's just so powerful how that all comes together. But I love how you said your numbers were built out of that core group. Because here I am now doing this for multiple years. And I go back and I'm like, wow, the core revenue numbers like when I really look at them, they come from a very core group that I've always been with me, which is freaking awesome to see. It shows you're doing things right. You know, it, yeah. it's, you put a lot of energy into relationships. You can lose them real fast, but when people trust you and you have win-win scenarios, why wouldn't you do business the rest of your life? Why? Right. Yeah. Anybody, you know, I, to this day, my coach one day looked at my landing page and kind of laughed like, how do you get clients? I'm like, referrals. She's like, it's obvious by your landing page. Cause you know, copy and all that I had to work on, but she like laughs. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, everybody's word of mouth. But now that I'm doing this, it's all changed. Right. I'm in the public face a lot more. So I have to have that where a colder audience can understand what I do. But in the past, man, because I built community so strong, Pablo will be like, Hey, Chris is your man for that. Go over there. Chris didn't need a landing page. He needed a Stripe account. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the ultimate moat, man. I want to go into that details of like creating the challenge and the offer. One last thing I want to clarify first, what's the difference between a challenge and like a cohort course, right? Like it's what's, what's the difference between a, like, you know, is it time duration? Is it speed to win? Like what's the difference between a challenge and like a course? Yeah. So I'll, I go like when you were talking cohorts, I lead a lot into my offers into something like that. So okay. the challenge to me, short, mini micro burst, accelerated moment, and getting people together for that acceleration. So for me, even though I'm an endurance cyclist, a challenge is a freaking sprint. Hey, you know what? Let's get let's get 20 of these miles done now before we go on this 100-mile race. So we get that done. 
Then I always typically bring people into like, I call them academies, which is more of a cohort. And I bring them along because they're already at a certain pace. So ultimately for like a cohort, I love helping people in that, or like I call them academies, boot camps, and all that. Because mm-hmm. if you can have a crew of whatever that number is, we don't need to talk about numbers, but if you can get the crew that comes in there ready to move forward with you at 20% of what you already want to bring them through, you're like, let's go, let's go crush this because they're mm-hmm. ready there. So those short micro wins, that energy that comes out of that is so powerful. So powerful versus a cohort. You know, I did an academy over the summer. And it was a five-week academy and it was cohort-based. But to kick it off, I did a challenge. I had people that, you know, they came in, they were already at a certain point before we kicked off that cohort. And we just got what I probably would have taught over 10 weeks, we did in five weeks. So that's the other part of things, right? Just accelerated, bringing it all together a lot faster. Got it. So what what I'm hearing is the difference between a class and a challenge is like duration and intensity, Right, like your the duration, yeah. the duration is compressed. Intensity is elevated to get you kind of like out the gate, like a cannon, and then the cohort can maybe take place behind that. That's a longer kind of like implementation over time, kind of thing. Yeah, and like when I look at it, like the see the thing up the beauty about challenge, and I love courses. I've created courses and all, but here's the beauty of all this stuff: you you take the time, and you you're a content guy. You take the time to build this awesome content. And I have all the systems that show me if I sell a course, how many actually watch that stuff. And it's kind of like, whoa, that needs to be fixed. All of a sudden, I started just taking that. There's my content. And let me just go teach it in a challenge. All of a sudden, they're hopping in all the rest of the course stuff because they're like, wait, I need the rest of this. So there's that. You get them digested right in your content immediately. And I mean, like people always ask me, I'll just, because you're probably going to ask me this anyway, what is the key to a challenge? What is really- That was my next question. There you go. It's this simple. (laughs) Write that this is write this one down because this is like besides the design, this is where I see everybody screw them up. Everybody. So I don't want you to screw them up because you're on here today. You teach what to do. So you show them what they need that you, you can only deliver. Then after the challenge, you show them how to do it. So for me, I will teach, hey, this is the things. And then now that they're in implementation mode with me, I show them how to do it, right? Because there's always going to be the person, okay? This is there's no denying this. I'm going to go to watch like 5,000 YouTube videos to figure the rest of this out. I'm like, cool, because our bike race, we're going to have finished like 500 mile bike races by then. So we'll be at a different level. But if you can do this right and have how unique you are in the scenarios or teaching this, they will move on with you. You're going to get the few that go to try to figure this out on their own. It's just human nature. But that's really how you want to design this for sure. I like to describe it as a Peloton, right? I'm being a cyclist, you're going to get the Peloton terms. But to me, that's community, right? That's where I first met it when I sat in a Peloton and, you know, I had, I'm a weak sprinter, right? When it comes to cycling and I could sit on a sprinter's wheel and get pulled to a finish line, or I could pull my friends out because I'm a good time trialer and let them sprint. So that's what community is all about to me. And that's what doing the challenges, you build this Peloton. And it's like, hey, you don't want to be left back there. Come on with us. Let's keep on going forward together now. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's let's talk about how you design one, man. What's the first step? So the key is teaching what to do. What is the first step when you're walking through someone like the framework of putting a challenge together? What do they need? Where do they need to start? So the first thing is, right, you're going to make an offer in this challenge, right? Is that, I think that's what everybody's going to do here, right? So we kind of look at obviously what the ultimate offer is because it has to be very, very logical. If you bring people mm-hmm. through a process and then you make an offer that's so far left field, that does not make any sense. So okay. I always look at what the ultimate finish line is. 
And then I take that finish line and we start to break it down into little mini segments each and every day. And how we do that is we break it up into like in this, this is a much, much higher, higher framework, but I'm going to give anybody on here some framework right now. So if I had a finish line offer of let's just say some type of academy, maybe a community building academy. Okay? Well, yeah, let's call let's call the offer a community, right? Like we okay. are we are launching a community with this. Okay, so you got that. You're launching a community. Mm-hmm. What's the transformations that are going to happen in that community? What's some of the timelines on those transformations? What's some of the breakthroughs that are going to happen? And then you start to break into little segments. So if you could have somebody come into your community where you're saying in the next 12 months, you start here, by the end of the 12 months, you're going to be over here. Why not start breaking down month one and two immediately? Let's clean those two up right away. Let's get some acceleration. Now, a lot of people get scared of that. They're like, wait, I'm going to give away some of my secret sauce in the first two months. I'm like, well, if you really understand what you're doing, if if you're the the subject matter expert of this, they're going to need you the rest of the way. So then from there, what I start to do is make sure that we take that ultimate offer. So it might just be like the first 10% of your program, or it could be a highlight of the first 10%. And then the next 30% of it, maybe you're taking one or two topics of those areas. You're breaking them up and then you break it back by five days. I find five days is the best one because it's just enough time to have everybody together without overwhelm. And I create quick wins each day. So I look at the program and I create what a daily topic would be. So based on what the program is, have different topics. So I can give you a framework of one that I did if you want that had different topics, what a daily outcome of that day would be. So, hey, you show up today, you're going to get more clarity on your community at the end. What do you mean by clarity, Chris? I'm going to show you how to label your big idea and how to make it resonate in the marketplace, right? If somebody reads it, they're like, I want to be part of this community. Oh, I'll take that, right? And then what I would do at the end of the day is give them a daily task. So I'm not big on using the word homework. It's called daily action. You can call it daily challenge, but something along that line, because a challenge is not about showing up and putting your feet up and saying, oh, this is good stuff. I'm not going to do anything with it. It's about coming and moving forward each day. So when you look at it from the finish line, you get, you know, you bring it to day one, day one definitely has to be very logical to transition into day two, then logical to day, day three, then to day four, and then to day five. So each day is a, it's lifting a person up tiny bit by tiny bit, just little segments to ultimately bring them to the, to the finish line that you can in five days. You know, you can't, you can't give a person the world in five days, but you can definitely bring them pretty far in five days if they play full out. Got it. So if I'm, if I'm going to think from, let's say like, like Sam is the community manager for Squarespace, right? Squarespace is a website building tool and they have a community for web developers, right? Um, And so if I'm trying to have a community that allows people to become super users of Squarespace, then the maybe the maybe the five day challenge gets them to build their first website on Squarespace, or like you know maybe like first five websites on Squarespace, so that you're doing it as a as a business model kind of thing, so that you are skilled in the tool, and then when you get into the community, it's more about like. How do I become an expert at this thing? How do I scale this process kind of thing? Is that, am I hot there? Oh, absolutely. If I had like what he's doing, I would literally have every client come on board through a challenge because you know what? It's going to kick them in the rear to get them in action to build out their community immediately, right? They're not just going to go buy your product and say, boom. So I would like, hey, you know what? If I had a community platform, I would have a challenge started that launches. Let me show you how to, you know, 
What's the name of this community? Let me give you some clarity to that community. Let me show you how to build it out and design it within our systems, right? All these little things, Mm -hmm. which you probably have in your implementation, right? But why not give some of that stuff away early, either free or charge? It's a whole different conversation we can have. But why not give us some of that away early? So when a person's at the end, they're like, I want the rest of this. So on day two, I do something like, you know, let's design this a little bit more. Day three, let me show you how to scale your community within this system. And then day four, let me show you how to go out and launch this bad boy now. Something along that line. Because, and it, like day five can be engagement. That's where they bring Pablo in here. Hey, let me show you how to blow it up with some content, right? But if you think yeah. this stuff out, people will implement what they buy from you. And that's the key thing. The thing I always hear, because I, I get comp- calls from B2B companies all the time. They're like, I see what you're doing out with these subject matter experts. How does it pertain in my world? And my simple question to them is, do you solve a problem in this world that needs to be, like, do you solve a problem? Yes. Yeah. Okay, now let's yeah. look at how you solve it and back that backward into a challenge. Got it. Got it. So um, I would definitely, just so he hears that again, another way, like, you, you should be doing challenges to just get your, your community launched and then teaching your clients too that you're doing it for like you're going to show them how to use your systems why not hey i'll preach it but why not why not teach them the same thing hey let's scale your community because that gets people engaged and that's something people always track i could tell you we've done enough of these challenges that we see engagement in these groups going up by 50 percent every time we do them Hmm. sustain that stuff you got a healthy community when you got 50 percent in there yeah hell yeah man oof That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Don's got a great question. Don says, you mentioned five-day challenges. What? Are, so Don, she helps people write books about their the things that they care about most it's a lot of like human rights stuff and 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 civil action and stuff like that so she she says you mentioned 5 day challenges what are your thoughts on a 30 day challenge the reason i ask is writing a book takes time and yeah. a 30 day challenge shows staying power and determination anyone can do a 5 day 14 day 21 day challenge but a 30 day challenge shows commitment what do you think about that so a lot of what I do from when I in 30, go for it. There's some structure you need to have around it because I understand she's in a different realm. Okay. okay. Um, five days tend to be the sweet spot number when you can do something because it's a Monday through Friday. Typically you get people together. The weekend doesn't get involved. See, this weekend thing always kind of messes things up sometimes. Yeah. Even four days with a bonus five day. In your scenario, Don, absolutely. You just have to structure it where you have community involved. Like all my challenges, we have community pages. We get people engaged in there. And then you just got to have like a couple days, like I wouldn't do 30, like I have a couple days off where there's simple actions to catch up on things. And you may want to break it up where each week, like you have just a, quite a few Q&A sessions in that, like that really has to be looked at how you design it. Like, you know, I know of multiple apps that you can design a 30-day challenge in, no problem. They work fine. 
But for me, I use tools where I can actually see people. So I bring them together in different community tools that I use because I want to know who's in there. I want to know Pablo's in there. I want to know Suzanne's in there. I want to know Lee's in there. And I want to be able to communicate with them. So for you doing a 30-day challenge, you definitely want to have as much of an engaged audience as you have. The other thing I would do is I charge for that thing. I wouldn't do it for free because that's where you'll lose your people. Like on a challenge at long, you will lose people because, and it's not because your content's not great. You're not a great person. 30 days takes a commitment. Do you have to charge a boatload? No, 50, 55 bucks is my favorite number for a challenge. Just so you know, like I started charging $55 and like the right people were always in my challenges when I did that. When I, when I launch a client new, because I saw, I'm just, I saw a question on pricing too here. So that's that. When I launch a client new, we also, and it would tie into hers also, we launch them free with a VIP uptick, right? So you do a free challenge with a VIP uptick because I like to get clients a runway going to build their email list, build their community out and build a funnel. But once we get going, I do all paid challenges now. But the 30 day, I mean, absolutely for a book challenge makes complete sense. Yeah, I'm in the middle right now of what I call a cohort course, but it's also a challenge. I would say it's the ship 30 for 30 writing course that like Christopher Lockett, you know, one of the guys from category pirates does. And it's, it's kind of both, right? It's got like two days a week. It's got teaching and implementation sessions. And then the challenge is to write 30 mini blogs for 30 days in a row, right? Like, so it has a daily activity and that, you know, gets you there, but it's also kind of a cohort based course. And that's, that's the one where I'm just like, I'm not sure if when I think about the answer that you gave Don, I think, well, could Don have a 30-day challenge, but can it kick off with a five-day you know, prep to understand that this is how you need to set up in order for you to be able to write for the next 30 days or something like that? So this is what I have a client right now, 100% that exact mode. She yeah. came on board and she's like, hey, I'm going to do a six-week challenge. She's in health and wellness and all that. I'm like, great. How are you like, what are you going to do? Just throw people in the six weeks. That was my plan. I'm like, why don't you just do a mini challenge to get them kicked in? Now her mini challenge is a three-day challenge with a bonus session. And then I just said, make sure you have two weeks between when that offer is made and the next one, because people like you can set up systems that you keep them involved, but most people are extremely busy. So if you have two weeks between there, but like she's kicking off next week, actually, she's doing a three-day challenge with a bonus day, which ultimately will lead to a six-week challenge right through the holidays. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, that's another way, another way to go about it, right? That mini burst that gets, and like, basically it's such a, not a basic challenge, but it's enough that it it wants them to have the next 30 days. And for like Dawn or you, good thing about that, you do it right. Okay. You might have whatever the number is. I'll just say 20 come in the three day, four day challenge, but then you might only have 10, 12 move forward in the next one, but that's your 10 to 12 committed people. And on the next one, if you did the first one with a free slash VIP offer, the next one I would 100% charge a decent, not a de- like a huge number, but a number where it's got to have them have a commitment to it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So my, Michael Haynes has a question, re- which is I was going to go to, right? Realistically, how long does it take to design, build, and launch a typical B2B five-day challenge? How, how, how much time should that take somebody? Yeah. So depending on if you're trying to figure it all out on your own, it could take a long time. I mean, you know, for me, I, I went through, I've worked with coaches. I was, I worked one-on-one with a person that showed me an entire framework on challenges. And before mm-hmm. I launched my first one was three weeks. And then I went in that. Now, when I launch people, as long as I know their offer, 
we get through that process in 90 days, 90 days, 90 minutes. <laughs> I said 90, days, okay. 90 minutes. So we sit down for 90 minutes. We map out their entire challenge. That's what I do with all my clients. Then we start going into the launch phase. The way I launch challenges, like I have some who just upgraded for my last challenge. They're like, I want to do one in four weeks. I'm like, okay, let's go. And we did, right? To get them into action mode. The way I do it to make sure I have the right audience in it, do a certain things on LinkedIn to help build an email list along the way, help build out a community. I prefer to have a five to six week launch window just because mm-hmm. there's things I implement that will be a serious framework that once you know it, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. But if a person comes to me and says, hey, man, I'm ready to go. I got technology, this, this, and this. I'm like, let's do this over 90 minutes. We'll get you going. You could definitely do something within the next two to three weeks. It's just not going to be as full unless you have the right audience as it would if you follow the process that I normally go through. Got it. So process. Michael, good morning over there in Australia, by the way. There you go. There you go. So process sounds like maybe a two-hour ideation session, and that kind of gives you like the framework of what you're going to take people on. And then there's like a five to six week kind of like build up campaign oh, to yeah. get people going. Any any tips on any tips on how to how do how do you build up that campaign? How do you think about that period where what you're doing is drumming up interest? Yeah, so I have a five week map. Literally, it looks like a bike race, by the way, for you cyclists out there. But I literally have the five. Week. Here's your next five weeks of life. Here's what they look like. Here's all the things you should be doing. And it's it's not like it's just those things that move a person forward. You know, they're always yeah. moving forward. So we look at launch date and we go five weeks back. So I have a client who's doing a challenge in two weeks. He signed on with me in September, and he's already like, "Man, you told me these five weeks were going to fly when you're in action mode." So because he's been following the process. So we just back that out. I give a framework on that. But, you know, there's various ways to organically build a funnel without ads. I don't use ads for anything I do. I do it all relational. So we set up structures with different partners we can work with, content, obviously. And then if you know how to use events very strategically on LinkedIn, you can fill your challenge effortlessly. I mean, people don't believe me when I say that until they start like, holy cow, this wasn't that hard. Give Very us the juice, man. How do you how do you use how do you use events strategically on LinkedIn to fill up a challenge? Come on, Chris, give us up. I'll give you so. I mean, one of the key things that works very, very well, and my clients will say they like I share, I like the best part is I do this all the time. I'm like, hey, here's what I'm gonna do for the next 60 days. I'll get back and report on the results. So, I mean, here's what I did for the whole summer, right? I was doing LinkedIn audio events nonstop, nonstop, boom, boom, boom. And I was just nurturing the same different kind. Topics that led, like very strategic topics that were leading ultimately to what my challenge was going to be. So it was thought out and I had different topic every week. Then I'd bust in a LinkedIn live there, but I was tracking who was coming on to everything live, who I was inviting. It was always showing interest. So then when I launched the challenge, I basically had 50 people who were like, hey, I want to get into your challenge because I've cleaned them through hundreds that I were inviting to events. And then I just work through that process. I also have, you know, I set people up with setting up power partners and things like that. You do this right. You can have a very good challenge when you do this the right way. Got it. So and there's ways on LinkedIn too. I mean, if you build them correctly, I mean, this is a bonus tip. You got to build it correctly. You know, you can grab email addresses and all that. You can't go spamming people. It has to be your event. So I have a process. I bring people through that because I don't want people grabbing email addresses and just, that's not how I teach. But mm-hmm. you want to get those email addresses because here's the reality with LinkedIn events. Here's the re- reality. I've done enough of these. Nobody checks their DMs every day. So if you're DM, hey, don't forget to register for this event. Or, hey, I emailed it to you. Oh, I'll register on email. So I just make sure we hit people wherever they're at when we do this stuff. Got it. So you are 
you are setting up. Yeah. Cella saying that you're a master at keeping track of your audience. It sounds like that's one of your superpowers, right? Like it, yeah. for, cause what I'm, what I'm hearing is you're setting up events on LinkedIn, right? You have however many connections on LinkedIn that allows you to invite certain amount of people per day. So then you do this like LinkedIn audio event that's live. You're keeping track of who's showing up live and over time, who's been there the most over time. And then you understand and then that's that nucleus. That's a really, really warm audience to just be like, okay, let's do this thing, all of us together right now. You've kind of already built rapport with people because they've been showing up live. They've been listening to you. And that's that's an easy kind of like key in on launch phase to then start the five days together. Yeah, and it's it's very strategic. So my background sales, I've been corporate sales for a long time. So it was always about, it was never about numbers. I was the guy that always got in trouble for every job I had because I wasn't meeting the quota on hitting dials. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm focused on eight people today. I will have four conversations and I know within the next month, one will be a, like a customer, right? Because I was very focused on the relationship and the value I could bring that company. Nothing different here. I have a very strategic process and it's just like I bring people through a process. I know who has interest in what I do. So we're not wasting anybody's time. And then it's like, hey, Pablo, by the way, I've been seeing you hop on events and I've been interacting with these people enough before. So if this isn't like this is some cold DM they're getting, like we've been interacting, content and all that doing this challenge in a few weeks, figured it might be right for you, but you may know others that are on there. And most often people say, well, no, this is exactly for me. That's my language that you're speaking. I'm in. If they don't, oh yeah, my friend Steve or Dawn or Michelle can be on this. So it's very strategic what I bring clients through to get that in there. And like, I have clients who have used ads, right? And when we look at the results, ads versus the organic framework I teach, Every client that went on ads is like, I'm just going to give you the money <laughs> because like I made, there, there was nothing out of those ads. They were just a waste of five, 10, 12 grand versus you bring a framework that actually produces relationships that I can do more with and do real stuff with. People Love want that. the easy microwave button, man. It's just like they want to hit this button. Let me sit back. I got 10 grand. Let me see if I get the right people in. And like, it's just, it's, I mean, not my thing. I'd rather have less is more. Remember that less is more. For sure. And relationships Absolutely. are superior to transactions, right? That's yep. the tagline yep. of the show. So Suzanne, quick technical question. So your event on LinkedIn to an external registration, or are you keeping track of after who, see, who comes through LinkedIn? So everything I set it up with an external registration, Suzanne, I mean, one out of every 30 people actually hit that external registration. Like people think they hit a LinkedIn event. Oh, I'm good to go. So then there's a whole process I go through after where I, you know, hey, so you're interested, got them. So I, it's always a follow through process that you go through. So don't think if you're setting a LinkedIn event up, people are just going to show up for it because it doesn't work that way. And like, I see, it's so funny. People on LinkedIn are so yeah, bag of, oh, we're on LinkedIn, right? Be, be, better be careful what I say here. No, we're not on LinkedIn. But people on LinkedIn, some of these gurus, I'm a guru, just so you know, I actually do this stuff. I'm not a guru, but these gurus will say, do it this way, do it this way. And none of their stuff works. If you ever, if you're ever looking at somebody that's going to help you with social selling, because that's what I did before I started doing challenges on LinkedIn, just look at how they approach you. If they're sending a link right out of the gate. So Suzanne, I don't know you at all. Okay. I see your name popping up here. So excuse if I didn't know Suzanne, how would you relate? Even though if you just saw me here, Hey, Suzanne, I know you're on this event that I was with Pablo. Hey, come register for this. Like if I sent you a link without you asking me, it's just wrong. So I, even when somebody shows an interest in a LinkedIn event of mine, I never, ever, ever send them the link until they say, because I get them to engage with me until they say, hey, Chris, send it. Because I'll ask them, hey, you know, do you want to register for this? Half of them are going to say no, because they didn't know what they hit. 
The other half are going to say, yeah, send it to you. Once they give me that permission to send that link, okay, I can send it here or email. Which do you prefer? I mean, I do send it, but a lot of times they ask for the email and I have it. But once I do that, it gives me the right to follow up with them. It gives mm-hmm. me a right to start to do all the other things I would normally do without feeling salesy. Got it. Got it. Let's talk about most of We're going to get to the where to put your community question in a second. Let's go in order, right? So that's the launch phase. Then you launch people opted to your event. Where is not your event, your your challenge? Yep. Are you when you say a challenge, is this a series of Zoom calls where you're teaching something with some tasks on the back end? Do you have a platform that you use? How do you what is the infrastructure of the challenge itself? So there's a ton of different ways to answer that question. I do it. Here's how Chris does it. I okay. don't use Facebook. I'm not a Facebook guy. I used Facebook very early on. Said a couple of things I shouldn't have. So some of my friends always had trouble with Facebook. So I will never in my life, because of some experiences of losing Facebook groups, never will you see Chris build a Facebook challenge out of a Facebook group. I had like, do not build these things on rented land. Write that down again. Do not build these on rented land. Write it down a third time. Do not build these on rented land. I watched too many people kicked off of Facebook. LinkedIn groups are horrendous. So I use a tool. I use a community tool that I found that works perfect for what I do. You know, there's multiple of them out there. I design all my challenges in there. How I prefer to do my challenges is to basically bring people together once a day on a live Zoom. Everything's recorded if they can't make it. I do some pre-challenge content to warm them up for things. I have an entire pre-challenge strategy we use to help with the conversions in the challenge, right? That's a whole nother process of of my launching five-week framework to help so you have high conversions in your challenge. But we do everything live on Zoom. We do my community page. I put the replays up. That's where we interact all throughout the week. And then basically that gets the engagement. If somebody can't make it, they got on a replay. My challenge was three weeks ago. And I still got people. Now I changed the landing page. So, hey, this is replay. You're going to get everything you need from me. I still got people signing up for it because here's the beauty. You do these things, right? You got an evergreen, whatever you want to call it, money machine coming in all the time. So I prefer live interaction like this. You know, there's how many on here? 20, 25 people. I love when people are together. I don't care if it's four people, five people. You know, I've had clients like partially like, oh, that's my first challenge. I got 12 people. I'm like, you're going to have the best challenge ever. Really? Yeah. I've been on them with 500. I'm like, no, those things are a mess until you actually have everything taken care of the right way. That one client that said that to me, he was so jazzed. He goes, I just came in with the attitude, I'm going to have fun all week. I was like, that's the first thing you should have been from the start. But the second thing was, he got such an engaged me. He converted 100% of that challenge because it was small. Oh, most people would be crying about that. 12 people on a $25,000 offer. Do the math. Yeah. Pretty good money. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. You said you did use a tool. So Melissa had asked, what's your favorite place to put the community? Is that the same thing? Are you using like a Mighty Networks or using Circle? I use Mighty Networks. So okay. I, I found that works for me. You know, Circle's another good one. There's yeah. like, there's tons of them. I mean, actually, there's a couple on here that have community pages. I know Denise is on here as a community page. I don't mm-hmm. push anybody to anything they want. I know when clients work with me to keep their life easy, I'm like, you can use my community page to get started, which pretty much all of them do. And then mm-hmm. they click. Holy cow, you just showed me, if Karen's on here, she's one of those examples, Chella is too. You just show me this all works. I got to kind of go build my own community now, Chris. I'm still in your stuff, but like, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, that was the plan. I made your life easy for the first couple, but you know, I knew that was going to happen. So Mighty Networks is my place though. Love it. Love it. And Melissa says that those people, once you're, once they're registered, you have their email. So you continue to nurture from the people that don't buy from you during the challenge. Right. So that's, is that part of the strategy is the long tail of re-engaging them later? Yeah. I have a whole downsell nurture strategy. 
So, you know, like people have been in my channel and I'm always like, never compare anything I do when it comes to results and all that to where you are on your journey, because they don't understand. There's been people who've come through my process that have been nurtured and Hey, here's the disclaimer. Sometimes it's just bad timing on somebody's life that they couldn't upgrade. Sometimes they're in another program, Melissa. She's going to laugh on that, but that's the reality. There's just timing things. And what am I going to like? If you nurture this, right. When the timing is right, they're going to be ready to work for you. So I'm very, very big on the nurturing. And I always look back. I mean, I can look back to my first challenge. Actually, one of my clients this year that's joined with me in March out of a challenge, he was on my first challenge two and a half years ago, and he finally became a client. And it was just the right timing for everything he did. He's like, you know, I've been the biggest fan since day one, Chris. He goes, I'm in right now, no matter what. So if you're not nurturing, you're missing out substantially. Got it. Do you need to build those nurture sequences before you start? Or can you build it after? Is it part of the preparation phase? Or, you know, how do you how do you advise on that? So I have a framework. It's a challenge channeling framework. It's a seven-step process that I bring people to. And phase one is getting a lot of the branding and all that stuff out and their messaging. Phase two is the tech part. Okay. I'm always like, let's get this done. Let's equip yourself so you can race forever really good. So we go through, I give them the email sequences, I give them all the framework, all the technology. And like, I have five clients right now that are going through that process. And I tell them, I say, hey, you could skip through this and do it bare minimal. I'll show you all the ways to do it bare minimal and we'll do a challenge. But no matter what, if you're serious about this business, because this is a business model, this here, if you set this up right from the foundation, the rest of this is easy. So most people are like, let me set this up right now. And I like that because it shows me they're serious and they want to implement this. So Mm -hmm. from the tech work, you know, I have the challenge sequences you use, the pre-challenge sequences, and then the after-challenge sequences. Now, you're going to build things like tripwire campaigns, all these other things. Those are things as you evolve through this, you're going to start to do on your own, right? So I can't like give you everything because you might be like, I'm going to do some storytelling stuff along this way or that, but at least I give them a framework from the challenge perspective. Because to me, the challenge is the ultimate experience-based funnel. It's an experience-based funnel. To me, it's the only one I need. I just need to have a way to bring people into my world, show them what community is all about, how I can serve them, and then bring them forward. Once I can do that, that's why I like that. So yeah, so Tripwire, if you know what a trip, I'll tell you what a Tripwire is. Everybody always asks yeah. me, right? So you could go to my LinkedIn. Here's my quick little pitch, okay? You'll see a step-by-step guide to launch your community, okay? It's like two over on my featured section. You can download that. Right? what you'll see, you get the guide, 30 pages, great guide. Watch what happens next. It goes to another page where this knucklehead saying, hey, you're here, go check your spam. I don't mean to get in there. But right under it is the download and then an offer to join the challenge that I do or whatever I have going on. So it's immediate uptick. And then I put them into my nurture sequence on my download. So that's a whole different thing. You know, they download something. But I use those all the time. You'd be surprised when I ask people, hey, how, you know, where did you come in this challenge from? Oh, I downloaded your guide. And I, I mean, I usually know they did, but like, like, and I saw it right below. So I know it works when you have that. So tripwire campaign is another word for downloading a lead magnet, initiating a nurture sequence that's automated essentially, right? It is, but the, the immediate, like if you download this thing, I was just talking about the guide right now, immediately mm-hmm. the next page that says, hey, you got, you got this here. You'll see immediately the offer to do something minimal, right? So you got a free download to a $55 challenge, right? Real simple. It's not like I'm saying, hey, go spend 20 grand with me right now. It's a real simple entry into what Chris is. Converts really well if you have the right offer. Cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. I'd love to get into 
when to start putting in the offer, right? So like, I think whether it's when you're in a challenge or whether you're in a cohort course or whether you're in a community, right? Like what is the couth way to start talking about, let's do some business together. Let's do an upsell. Any kind of advice that you have on that? What's, how do you approach that? You know, I, my upsell, I'm always, there's like people know what sort of what I'm going to offer before they get in the challenge. Cause if I've done this right, they know what's going to be offered in the challenge. So really what I do a lot on this process is before the challenge starts, I have a sequences that I really get to know people. I do one-on-one calls with them to make sure the challenge is right with them. I do group calls that works like a charm, but you know, when somebody's just first doing a challenge, they don't have all that framework set up to me. I set it up so, hey, you're going to easily talk about what your next step is just a tiny bit each day without selling it. So you're going to mention, oh, yeah, in my, in my challenge champion framework, you know, we talk about this. Oh, when I work with my 12-month clients, I tend to give, I tend to have prizes I give out, right? And one of my prizes is normally a part or a component of what my offer is going to be. It's very strategic on that. So I'll announce that on a Monday. Hey, we're going to do this, this, this. And then I kind of outline, hey, we're going to have some prizes. You play full out. You'll be in a drawing. And typically that offer ties in that, that prize, one of them, there's usually three ties into the offer. Day two. Can you, day hold three, on, Chris, time out, time out. Yeah. You just had like a real smug face after you said that. Can you explain why, you know, what, what does that mean? A prize is a tie-in to the upsell offer. Can you kind of give me an example of that? So here's what you're going to learn when you do a challenge. You, even though you try to make these, I'm very good at making these simple, but if you've never, if you don't know what I do, even my most simple ways, you're going to hear certain words multiple times throughout my challenge. Cause I want it to sink in. It's not just about the offer, the framework. Like I go back each and every day. Hey, we talked about this yesterday. We spend 10 minutes talking about that. So I know it grasps you. So if I'm presenting what's potentially going to be the ultimate offer in a nice little nugget, some, you're going to pick up on that. Then I bring it into day two, a tiny bit, and then day three. Day three, I will tease the offer. So at the end of the day, I'll be like, hey, tomorrow I'm going to share more with this. Those that want to stay on, here's high level, what we're going to offer. I always get people to stay on day three because I never was pushing anything the whole way. I was just kind of hinting and highlighting. And if you have clients during this process and you've used the words a couple of times on the Monday and the Tuesday and a client comes in and just advocates for you, it's like genius because you're not the one doing all the work. So I just work the process up each day. I've been in challenges where people, they miss all the setup and I can pick up on it on day one. I'm like, oh, they're missing core component or how they start their sequence. And they just go make this webinar-ish offer on a Thursday. Everybody comes in the whole day is their sales pitch. And it's like, oh man, you had you had everybody in front of you and engaged, you just blew it. So I kind of just ease it. And then on the Wednesday, so we're three days in is where I just say, tease it. And then if those that stay on, I walk them through the offer there. I've had multiple conversions on day three. Then I make the offer on day four, right at the start. I have a strategy on how that all goes. So it's not like people just show up. And then I make the offer there. I stay on Thursday again, do it later. And then basically on Friday, bring it out again. So I do present the offer three times. Thursday is the longest presentation of it. And I, I try to make my offer in sub seven minutes because, you know, it's new information to people. Even though you were teaching them this, I want them to understand what they're going to get in the offer. And that takes time when you have people who have had so much presented to them in a week. You, like you, no matter how good you're at this, you have to show it to them multiple times. I'm in a challenge now of a well known influencer and just watching how they do it. And he, he pitched his offer day one. Now, 
he's well known. He can get away with that. But I know why he did it. He's going to bring it through the rest of the week so that he can continually refresh, refresh. And when he finally opens the cart, it goes off like crazy. So I've got to, I have a couple of questions about that. Well, for, first, you mentioned a prize earlier. When you say that you tie a prize into the offer, oh, yeah. does it mean like somebody's going to get the offer for free if they win this prize? Or Yeah, yeah. So like to give you an example, my last challenge, I had a community launch, a community building academy in there, right? My ultimate challenge framework, that's one of the components. I show people how to design their community and do all that. So I gave that as my my freebie saying, hey, somebody's going to win this today. And that was actually my bonus for anybody that upgraded to my program. So I kind of positioned that offer right then and there. I have clients who say, hey, somebody's going to win a one-on-one session with me because the one-on-one sessions are in their offers. When you do that, people start to get thinking, oh, wait, what else do they have? What else is going on? You do it right. Sometimes you get a couple of messages on Monday. Hey, what else is going on here? Or then by Tuesday, people start asking you questions of what's next because you'll get the people, hey, I can't show up every day this week. What are you going to offer me at the end of the week? So if you do it right, it, it happens organically. Got it. And then you said you have a seven-minute pitch. What's what's the structure of your pitch? Are you kind of like, is it like perfect webinar style where it's like big idea, three beliefs, and then kind of stack? Or what what's the structure of that seven-minute pitch? It's actually all been designed each day a little bit weak. So I like to talk about the villain in the room and then the hero in the room a little bit each day. And it's just, okay. I basically refresh everything. Like it's here's the thing. Five days together. These are the things you want people to remember. So I just refresh, refresh, and then I come basically everything I said the whole week. I'm just bringing it all together into one story, and then it's like, hey, here, here's what, here's what the offer looks like. Here's what you're going to get based on everything we did. Here's what's going to do from where you got today. You're sitting here today. Boom, and it works like a charm if you do it right. Got it. So you're identifying a villain. You're identifying a hero in the story, which is the which is the client, right? Or like, and and you are and you're talking about that from day one. So then, when you go to give the full pitch, it's like you, know, you remember the villain, you remember you're the hero. Here's the solution that the hero actually needs to move forward, and here is how I solve it. Is that kind of it? Yeah, and then your landing page needs to look exactly the same. <laughs> Let's just be real, right? Because even though you just said it, they need to go to. Yep, that's everything. Oh, yep, yep. Boom, I'm in. So I try to have all that as smooth and as visual as possible. I'm not big on, I mean, I put slides together for everything I do, but I tend to talk like this and show a slide occasionally. The only time I really show slides is when I make the offer because it's very visual and I want to walk people through that step by step by step so they really grasp it. Do you subscribe to the whole like, but wait, there's more and this is $10,000, but I'm going to give it to 1000 I'm not a that? fluff guy, man. Like I understand the overwhelm and the marketing strategy behind that. I could totally go down that route. I'm a human like anybody else. And listen, if they see the value of what I got, I'd make sure the offer. I'm not one of those people who stacks. You get 15,000 courses for me that you're never going to watch for free. You know what I give as my bonus? And this is a writer downer. This is a big one, depending where you're in your business, right? This doesn't always work for people if you've got a huge business and you can't do this yourself. But for me, my business is flowing nicely. I basically give my challenge design as the bonus. Like, hey, you sign up by here. Not only are you going to get this pricing, you're going to get the challenge design bonus that I charge people 2,500 bucks to do with them. And like, people are like in because of that, because they know they're going to get everything out of this head. Here's, here's what I do. Show me how to make that a challenge. Boom. And I did that this month and people are loving it, right? 
So I'd rather give them the thing that gets them accelerated. So then I can just coach them through the rest of it. Okay, let's go, let's go. And then they're in a community of 30, 40 other people doing the same thing. And it just flies from there. So if I can bring a person into our framework, knowing they got a challenge designed, the rest is just go through my framework now. Now let me coach you the rest of the way. So write that down because I don't know about you. I see offers and I'm like, I can care less about the 10 grand of value that I'm not going to watch one of those damn things. Oh, five, 10 grand of value to get your zone of genius up here for an hour and a half. Let's go. What is, that's worth my time. Cause I'm just going to get what I need immediately. Then I can implement. So then the final, so then the final offer becomes kind of like your ongoing service, but you give them the documentation and coursework and whatever that, that is what the structure is. Is that what you're saying? That's your challenge design? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much more behind my framework. Like, you know, you're getting the high, high level, right? There's a lot more behind it, but I know when I can do that. And I, they went through my, see, that's why they go through my challenge, right? I only mm-hmm. give that kind of thing away because they went through it. Cause I know if I bought through my challenge, okay, they're about through this much of where I need them to go. Now this conversation is going to resonate with them. They're going to be all actioned up because they're like, ah, oh, man, I got all this. I'm like, let's get on the phone next week, zoom, let's go through this. And I put them right in action mode. Then they have the ongoing support and everything else that we do in the community. And they can go back and watch any of my videos anytime and all the framework because they get a playbook for me. I got an entire playbook that basically outlines everything that we're talking about in much, much more visual terms and deeper, obviously. And there you go, Suzanne, action takers. Yeah, I mean, don't forget your fast action bonuses. I mean, I know there's a couple of people probably on here laughing that were on my challenge. Like literally I said, hey, this offer is good till Tuesday. However, those of you that sign, you know, do this within the next 48 hours, here's the extra bonus, another one-on-one time with me, right? If you're scaled to a certain level, that's a tough thing to do. You might have to do yeah, that yeah. in a group program. Not a bad thing. Hey, I can yeah, take yeah. five group calls. Same, same thing. Yeah, and they did jump. See, Karen knows they jumped. Like that's it. This stuff works. Love it. Love it, man. All right, Ryan, start letting people up. Chris, this is super interesting, man. I really want to get more and more inside your head because I think this this challenge framework to me, we talked about it from the from the scope of a community, but I think it can solve a lot of business problems, right? Like I think, you know, like if you're if you're a software, if you're um, you know, like I, I, anything from like reactivating old clients into something to oh, all, man, no. all, all sorts of different things, man. Like I think it's well, a really let's look at client quitting. That's a whole different world. Let's look at reigniting clients. Boom, hold yeah. clients engaged. Yeah, quite clean corporate culture, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Software companies, I got friends that are starting to come to me. Hey, we got this $20 million software. How do we make this into a challenge? I'm like, what's the first phase of the process? Oh, a $50,000 consulting fee. Okay, can we break that down to something smaller? Let's build a challenge out of that. Like the applications are endless. It's just a matter of seeing what you do and mapping out the plan. Love it, man. Chris, where do people connect with you? When is your next challenge? I want in on this thing. Like, uh, so, tell us, tell us easy- how to get challenged by Chris himself. I mean, obviously LinkedIn, but the easiest place to find me that you'll remember, chriscolt360.com, chriscolt360.com. That's the easiest. I got a bunch of other websites. That'll take you, you know, my academy is launching now that we're doing that. I'm going through all the framework. And then my next challenge that I actually will do will be late January because I'm bringing people through my framework right now so they can kick off their challenges. Love it. Love it. All right. We are promoting panels. Chris, man, thanks for making time, dude. You know, no like problem. I, um, I, I, I rarely, I, I rarely take a lot of suggestions for the show, right? Like I really pride myself in finding my own people and finding my own subjects. But when Eric Rogel put you on my radar, 
it was just the subject is great, right? It's a perfect hook point. We talked, you know, like I remember I was oh, like yeah. leaving a Bucky's, we're on the phone, and yeah. I'm just like, dude, this guy thinks like me. Like, I can tell you're a guy that leads with value. And I'm just really, really glad we got to do this, man. I think you and I are going to collaborate on a whole bunch of stuff going forward. So oh, I'm really pumped that this was the first thing and just appreciate you doing this, man. Oh, absolutely, man. This is awesome. There you go. Another great episode in the bag. I hope you got a bunch of value out of that as we're inching here closer to episode 200. And then uh, after that, we're going to take a little break. So there's only a couple more weeks left for you to join one of these relationship-driven growth strategy sessions. I'd love to you know, see you be a part of it. They happen immediately after the show. We go into Q&A and AMA, and I'm always um, bringing up something that I'm learning um, that week or from one of our clients or something like that about content strategy or uh, marketing or anything else that's working for anybody across my network. So tons of value. Hope to see you there before they are done for the year and we kick off a new year in January. And as always, gotta, gotta, gotta thank my team, right? The people that make this thing happen, the heartbeat of Be The Stage, which is my teammate, Rowan, my account manager who makes sure that I'm doing all the right things at the right time, or at least tries to make that happen. JP, our um, head of creative, our, he is uh, who is employee number one. He's the guy that's made everything look cool, sound good, um, amazing graphics and iconography and everything that we do. Couldn't do it without JP. Gina, who is our chief heart officer. She is the queen of our culture. She is the one that built this team that uh, we all love each other so much on and do some of the best work of our lives together. Marge, who is her beating heart, and she doesn't function without Marge. Marge is incredibly, incredibly valuable. Our other account managers, Joanna, who's had incredible growth working for us. I love watching it. Joyce, who um, is superhuman, just had her... Uh, her, her newest baby and is already back to work because she loves being part of the team. Rita, our content strategist, who is making sure that the things we promise are the things we deliver to clients. Philippe, our newest uh, video editor, graphic designer. And, um, you know, just couldn't do it without everybody else. So really, really pumped. Thank you to the team. And I just want to encourage you to always remember, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rereading Jim Collins's Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0. It's so clear that it's people that make the difference in a successful business, that it's the respect that you have between the people in your company, between you and your clients, between you and the market, and how that endures. And it's just a total, total evidence of the fact that relationships will always beat transactions. See you next week.